You're listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. The first thing most people think of when they think of night is sleep. Everyone needs sleep. Some need a lot, and others get by on just a little. I didn't fully appreciate sleep until I became a parent. And since then, I've rarely had enough. And my family will tell you, if I don't get enough for a while, I'm cranky. Go without sleep for long enough, and things can get desperate and weird. Other creatures like owls, dingoes, and badgers, to name a few, are doing important work at night. For some, it's life and death, like hunting for food or warding off competitors. And every once in a while, a human's need for restorative sleep is in direct conflict with the natural nocturnal world. It mocks things. <laughs> the particular mockingbirds that we have at times will sound like car alarms with the rising and falling tones and the, the beep beep. And then at the very end, you can hear the when it decides it's clicked its key to turn the sound off. Every other bird in the neighborhood, it would imitate. So you'd get a little orchestra of all the birds, followed by car alarms with more birds for, I don't know. Hours. 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 You would go on and on. On and on. And there were, there's two of them, so we would get a stereo effect. This could happen at any time. Well, the most inconvenient times, obviously, when you're trying to sleep, but, you know, 12 midnight, 2, 3 in the morning, um, all the way up till 4 or 5 in the morning. What they say about the mockingbirds is that they are searching for a mate. So they come to a certain area every year and they do their call so that they can find a mate and they try all the various bird sounds hoping that someone will come, which seems totally illogical to me because they're not calling their own species, whatever that would sound like. No one knows for sure, but ornithologists believe that mockingbirds imitate the calls and songs of other birds to stake out their territory and make it seem like the area is heavily populated. So they're keeping other birds away. But they also sing all these songs to attract a mate. They can mimic hundreds of songs, and the ladies prefer partners with a wide selection. This probably explains why mockingbirds also mimic non-bird sounds like machine squeaks, dripping faucets, and squirrel barks. So we don't really know what a mockingbird's song is. All we know is that he can imitate everyone else. The other thing we know is that people often have strong feelings about mockingbirds. Some love them and some hate them. And sometimes they're a bad memory you just want to forget. My friends Jeff and Susan had a mockingbird period a couple of years ago, and they each remember it differently. It was sort of annoying. He's, uh, he's not telling the truth. He used to be very angry when oh, the mockingbird was, would wake it, him up. You don't remember. Uh, really irritated. That damn bird. When is that bird ever going to stop? <laughs> it, was, <clears throat> it was very annoying to be woken up by a bird that is just babbling on. So I would be upset and, and, and angry, but I never did anything about it. But just, you threatened to go shoot the bird? 
you threatened to go shoot the bird. <laughs> no, Jeff threatened to shoot the bird, but he never would shoot the bird. But It's all talk. No, I never, never threw the sheets back. No, I would never, I didn't care that We much. realized there was nothing to be done. Jeff and Susan haven't been disturbed by mockingbirds in a while. In fact, they hadn't thought about it much until I dredged it up. Robin and Eric have mockingbirds every year. They're listening to the same songs, but they're on opposite ends of the love-hate spectrum. Robin helped Eric find the beauty in the mockingbird song, or at least to not completely hate it. We're right on the edge of Golden Gate Park. Who knows how many mockingbirds we've had over the years. Yeah, one per year at the same time of year. This one stayed probably like about a month. A I month. think they just go crazier at breeding time, probably. So they just go bonkers for a month and they're intolerable and then they disappear again. I asked Eric if there's any part of him that's happy when the mockingbirds show up each year. No, they're <laughs> so loud. Such a piercing call. They're, they're absolutely aggravating if you're not ready for them because you're trying to go to bed. And then they just go on this endless loop. And so I go nuts, like anything that's completely repetitive. So at least it's not the same tune over and over again. But Yeah, this otherwise. one's more inventive than the last. I think the couple of years ago or last year, we had one that did the same call over and over again. And this yeah. one's repertoire is way more varied. But sometimes it seems like he picks up on the squeaky toy from the dog biting <laughs> it next door. And I swear he's he's uh, actually copied the little girl neighbor upstairs. She was always whistling. I wear earplugs, and I actually take my earplugs out to listen to him. I love I love this one because he's just got so many different songs, and there's this really kind of lonely, cool quality about his call that I, it lulls me to sleep. And now he's not, the last couple nights he hasn't been here and I've been really sad. <laughs> like He got off his 11.15 schedule. Yeah. Yeah, because we go into bed, you know, and read um, around 11, almost every night. And um, there he is at like 11 o'clock, just he starts up his, his songs and then the last couple nights he hasn't been there. Well, you thought he got lucky. Yeah, I think I think he found a mate. He's been working really hard for a month with all the different calls and stuff. And I saw him fly off into a tree um, with somebody, and I felt a little jealous. Like, oh no, you know, I've been replaced, or we've been replaced. It's not all about me. While Eric clearly does not appreciate the mockingbirds as much as Robin does, he seems to have cultivated a healthy acceptance of his seasonal neighbors. Well, you can't win, so you just have to cave. I mean, what am I going to do? Pick them out of the sky? I mean, there's definitely times where I wanted to, but but sometimes you just have to give in. And you were, so you kind of convinced me on it too. You were trying to show me the love for the mockingbird. Notice how both Jeff and Eric mentioned shooting the mockingbird down to get it to stop singing all night, and how they both dismissed the idea coming to the conclusion that there was really nothing to be done. Well, not everyone lands in that place. For some people, lack of sleep becomes a war to be waged. Todd Beebe went to war. My name is Todd Beebe, and I live in Brooklyn, New York. Here's how I connected with Todd. After my conversation with Jeff and Susan, 
I decided to search the internet for information about how people deal with mockingbird singing all night long. I'd never been disturbed by one myself, but I'm a pretty light sleeper, and I had instant empathy for what seemed like a maddening situation. I imagined that there would be pages and pages of sleep-deprived rantings and well-meaning advice, but I was surprised. I came across two or three websites that vaguely advised wearing earplugs or sleeping in another room. And then I found Todd's blog. The blog post I wrote was called To Not Quite Kill a Mockingbird. That blog post had almost 100 responses from other desperate people thanking Todd for making them feel less alone. People used terms like evil feathered demons and creatures from hell to describe their mockingbirds. The situation, according to Todd, was serious. This is basically destroy or be destroyed, but you know, I, I, I knew that I probably couldn't kill it, so just had to get rid of it, and thus I could continue on living. How can a three or four ounce mockingbird affect your entire life? Um, it's a good question. I mean, if your sleep is affected, that is just, it's a domino effect. Everything falls down from there. I mean, sleep is your foundation upon which you build your day. If you don't have it, you are just a crumbling mess. You're like a plate of glass, like you could break at any moment. At about 11 p.m. was the, was the false start. That was his first call to basically announce to the neighborhood, I own you. I am about to uh, wreck another night's sleep. It was like a taunt or a tease. It was just a really quick little blat. And you're like, oh shit, he's there again tonight. He didn't leave, he didn't fall in love, he didn't find a mate, so he's not gone. He's back. And he will start again, almost like clockwork, at around 2, 2.30, and you can almost set your clock to it. So that was even more psychologically frustrating and disrupting because you knew that he was there and just waiting. It almost seemed like if he were a human, it was his way, almost like a gangster, like, I'm gonna shake you down again tonight. It sounds really serious, like the way I'm describing it almost sounds like it's some sort of horrible natural disaster, but in a way they are a natural disaster packed in a very tiny little body. Todd told me he was hesitant to purposely recall what the mockingbird sounded like because he was worried about reactivating psychic damage. I do recall the mockingbird having a four-stage um, song, and I hesitate to even call it a song because that, that has a positive connotation. So, you know the car alarm that goes, like it's basically a four-tone uh, thing. Uh, this mockingbird would do something very similar, just at a very higher pitch that almost allowed it to penetrate your brain from uh, pretty great distances. This nocturnal menace would come out from 11 to basically 5 a.m. every night and uh, not just disturb our sleep, but disturb almost every aspect of our lives. 
I went in search of uh, information online, just anything that could help me and my wife you know, get through this. It wasn't just us, other people on the block had complained about it. And, you know, searching or Googling anything to do with Mockingbird always just comes up with Harper Lee and To Kill a Mockingbird, great book. That's no help. Other search results were about the beauty of the Mockingbird, its lovely song, its mating habits, its rituals, its coloring, its feathers, uh, things like that were no help to me. Uh, basically just wanted to find a way to somehow rid it from our lives and really came up empty. The Mockingbird is singing love songs at night. It's only the male who sings, and he only sings when he's trying to find a mate or to keep a mate. Take some consolation that the bird will not keep doing it forever. As soon as he finds a mate, he's going to just shut up. So, you know, a few weeks at most, maybe only a few days. It's, it's a temporary thing. They do it in the spring, especially if the moon is bright, and the male will just pour his heart out all night long. And they're, they're among the most magnificent singers in the world. That's Diane Porter. She and her husband have run birdwatching.com for almost 20 years. Diane told me that when you Google birdwatching, their site usually comes up first or second. Birdwatching.com was one of the few resources I found when I searched for advice for people who were disturbed by mockingbirds at night. It's very likely one of the websites that Todd came across, too. Here's what Diane advises on the site. The main trick of sleeping with a mockingbird is to listen to it. The worst thing you can do is try to shut it out, you know, try to close up the shutters and put the pillow over your head and try not to hear it because you, you really can't shut it out and it's just going to make it dominate your experience more and more. Listen to it. Listen to how amazing it is. Listen to how the mockingbird sings a phrase and then he sings it over and over and over again. So if he's going to go tweedledee, he'll go tweedledee, 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 tweedledee. You'll maybe sing it four, five, six, seven times, and then he'll switch to another song, and now he goes, doo, 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 and do that five or six times. So you start start listening to what he's doing. Count him. How many times does he sing one song before he switches to another? And what happens is that because you're listening, you're not resisting it, that, that sense of anxiety and resentment just disappears, and you can start really enjoying what you're hearing. Yeah, so enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that you're being held hostage. Enjoy the fact that this little tiny thing that barely weighs anything in your hand, I'm assuming, if I ever had it in my hand, I would crush it. I'm not a sadist. I just don't think that if these same people went without sleep for five or six consecutive days that they'd be saying anything um, positive. Your main goal in life is not to be unconscious. The main thing that we want to do in life is be conscious and to have experiences. And this is a beautiful experience to, to have. So enjoy that. And if you don't enjoy it, just listen to it. They've got to give up. They've got to give up. They've got to surrender and listen to the mockingbird. And yeah, looking at blog posts to, to enjoy it and find something positive in it further uh, enraged me. That rage that Todd describes, it festered and grew. And frankly, it made him a little crazy. He was feeling personally attacked by this tiny, lonely bird. So it went on, it, 
It went on for several weeks, and it was frustrating, obviously so frustrating because we just weren't getting sleep, secondarily frustrating because there was no help, online or off. I was asking people, you know, do you know what to do? Have you ever done anything about it? I was hatching multiple plans. Of course, I fantasized about all sorts of weaponry, uh, flamethrowers, obviously machine guns. For me to get some sort of pellet gun or a BB gun, I felt was gonna be pretty irresponsible in the city. What is something that won't harm anybody if they came in contact with it? Um, you know, napalm's out of the question, so let's try water and a heavy, concentrated stream of water. This is the part of the story where I feel kind of conflicted. Because I get Todd's desperation, I really do. But we're talking about a tiny bird. I mean, it's not the bird's fault that people paved over its habitat and built apartments, right? On the other hand, a person has to sleep. Todd wasn't really seeing both sides of the situation. He was a man on the edge, and he had a mission. It was me versus him and me needing to get sleep. Okay, so the actual night, I'd planned it, told my wife about it. She was not very impressed. She thought it was silly and foolish, but you know, she also noted that she was pretty strung out too by the lack of sleep and she was pretty equally annoyed. I asked my landlord, I said, would you hook up a hose downstairs at ground level and toss it up to me and uh, I'll attach a regular sort of car wash spray attachment and um, see what I can do that night. So I opened up the window of the kitchen, crawled out there, and around 11 p.m. heard that call, and it just wasn't enough. Like, I couldn't, couldn't locate where he was. So I just decided to wait, and I didn't wait out there all night. I wasn't that foolish. But I think I did go out there around 2 a.m., just before he normally starts, sort of, you know, even set my clock uh, to go do this, because I knew it would start in earnest around 2.30. And I was excited because I finally had something, I could finally do something as opposed to being the victim. I could, I could play an active role and do something not, none of my neighbors were even doing. I was surprised that you know, we didn't have sort of a fire brigade out there every night doing something about it because literally there must have been hundreds of people affected. So that night, two o'clock, set up there in like a little camp chair on the, on the roof, had my hose ready, uh, set to jet. It was jet setting. So there's like spray and mist and all that bullshit, which is never going to do the trick. And then jet, which I was hoping had the reach that I needed. So at 2.30, right on schedule, he uh, began his call. I think he almost suspected something was up. It was almost like the taunting was directed at me. And, uh, you know, one of us had to go. I knew I had to prevail for my sanity, uh, for my wife, for my neighborhood. So directed the stream of water into the tree where I thought he would be. Again, I had no visual cues really, just relying on audio. And I nailed him. He stopped immediately. There wasn't like, you know, that gratifying moment where he chirps and, and flies away that I can see him and I'm like, good riddance. Uh, it, he just kind of melted into the night in a weird way, maybe knowing that he was beat. So I go back to bed and I tell my wife, I said, do you hear that? And she said, what? And I said, exactly. And uh, had a good night's sleep after that. He never came back. 
He didn't. And I never got the keys to the city or to the neighborhood or anything much. But it was personal satisfaction. So Todd came out victorious. He's a well-rested man, if not beloved by all. I mentioned his approach to Robin and Eric. Seriously disturbed people probably <laughs> should talk to someone about their issues. Psychotic. That's a little black. Well, I mean, I just think birds, you know, it's such a nice life-affirming sound. And to want to silence it is like, do you like music? Are you one of those people that doesn't like ice cream? Like, what kind of person are you? Yeah, if the mockingbird is waking you up and you've got to go to work. I, I get being upset, but then there's like going crazy, you know, with yeah. fire hoses or whatever. Not fire hoses, but garden, garden hoses. Gar yeah, but... garden hoses still. <laughs> but when you're in a rage, I mean, is that, is that first degree, second degree, you know, bird slaughter? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can sympathize with them. Diane from birdwatching.com had a more compassionate perspective. Yes, I understand that. I, I completely sympathize. Well, you know, the other thing about being disturbed by the mockingbird is that the mockingbird is really not what keeps us awake. If everything was perfectly comfortable in the body and in life, we'd go to sleep. I mean, we, we fall asleep in front of the TV with, you know, car chases and all kinds of horrible things going on. Something is already kind of eating at us. Maybe something hurts someplace or we're worried about something or we just work too hard without getting any exercise or something like that. And so the external sound becomes the target and the focus of it. And we go, that's what's keeping me from sleeping. But it's really not. And that's the other beauty of listening to it because listening to it gives you something else to focus on that will help you to just doze off again. It's really a matter of letting go. You just let go and listen to it. Diane seems like a really wise woman, and there's a lot to what she says. And while my husband thinks that Todd should have the garden hose turned on him, I can't help thinking that he sort of represents an archetype in the human versus nature struggle. And more and more, I'm seeing the night as a threatened part of the natural world. I do wonder what happened to Todd's mockingbird. Was he okay after that blast of water? Did he give up on finding a mate? And was there anyone out there who missed his songs when he was gone? All I know for sure is that there was one less love song in Brooklyn. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. A lot of the other great music in this episode is by Carla Kilstead. You can find a link to more of her music in the credits for this episode at nocturnepodcast.org. Thanks also to Jonathan Hirsch and Gunnar Madsen. Subscribe to Nocturne on iTunes, and please rate us and write a review. It's a good way to build awareness about the show, and it really makes us feel good to hear from you. We're on Twitter, at Nocturne Podcast, and Facebook too. We want your stories about the night, small, large, whimsical, or peaceful. Email us at hello at nocturnepodcast.org. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.